0: This is Andaki Chisme. Two sisters, one podcast.
1: We're coming together to archive the stories of undocumented people.
0: While decolonizing Chisme. I'm your host, Andaki Chingona. And I am your host, Andaki Therapist. And this is Andaki Chisme.
1: hello and Dr. Chismosas and welcome to episode five I believe. This is super exciting as we continue to grow this platform and continue to interview and archive amazing stories by amazing people. Today we bring you Janeth. Um, mm-hmm. Janeth Moreno-Hernandez. Um, she, her ella has a bachelor's in psychology and is working on a master's in forensic psychology. A fun fact about Janet is that she has a pet chicken named Chuntaro. Um, As you will hear throughout this interview, you're going to hear Chuntaro being, um, you know, her loud and authentic self. And um, it's just super exciting. Um, I hope that, you know, you hearing Chuntaro in the background brings you a little bit of joy. And with that, um, let's get started. Hi, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Well, first of all,
2: (laughs) first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this. Um, It's so so great to see your lovely faces again. Uh, My guy in the background, but um, let's see a little bit about myself. Uh, I don't know why this question is always so hard, but Mm -hmm. uh, I know. Okay. Um, I'm the oldest of three. Uh, which is a task on its own, being the oldest sister, right? <laughs> um, set the example. But I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work I've done so far. I have a bachelor's in psychology, um, and I'm currently working on my master's in forensic psychology, which is super cool. Um, and I'm glad that I'm going to graduate before I hit the thirty. <laughs> with my wow, master's. Shay,
0: going <laughs> already? Shane. <What>? No. <laughs> I
2: was like, uh, I want to get my master's before I take it. I know here.
1: that feeling. I'm just
0: yeah. kidding. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> but um yeah. So um and I graduate in about two to three months. Really excited about that. Um I don't know what the future has in store for me, but hopefully it's it's all good good things manifest it um, yes yeah <laughs> getting the good vibes going um I usually would say <laughs> that I love to read and I do but I just don't have the time for it anymore and it makes me really sad because there are some great books out there and I just I don't have the motivation to read them but my friend told me that it's because I spend so much time reading like research papers and all that stuff and you just, you just don't want to read anymore. So it, it makes me a bit sad. But hopefully, maybe after I graduate, I can finally get into that world again. Because I have some books on standby that I still need to read. So, yeah. Sorry, that went really long.
0: No, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you mentioned. But I guess I wanted to follow up with what's one of the books that you have ready to go when you graduate
2: oh that's a tough one because again there's so many do you them. have a few already <laughs> yes um uh I just it's so funny because I just buy and then I put them in my bookcase and I'm like okay it's fine I'll get to you later <laughs> I don't know when that later is coming but I'll get to you later um I did want to change my uh my reading genres and I have so I started with paranormal. Romance, you know, very mushy. (laughs) And then I started reading more, um, I guess, grown up. That's probably not the best way to describe it. But um, it had content that is not for everybody. Um, And I started reading it because it's slightly similar to the career choice I want to get into. So it deals with a lot of... um, uh, hard topics, (laughs) Uh, traumatic topics. And it's just for me, I enjoy reading that stuff because I know that that's exactly what I'm going to be exposed to. So I suppose in a way I was trying to prepare myself, but I have shifted to I'm I want to get more socially aware uh, with loads of social issues. I I do definitely think that I still have loads to learn. So, and um, I've started, it's unfortunate that I started now, but I think it has to do with me finally getting money of my own. (laughs) So I've bought like a bunch of, I have a bunch of jewelry that comes from small business owned folk. Um, And so I just, I just want to support other writers (laughs) that I probably have more to relate to than the typical author so okay you you asked for um uh so i have um mexican gothic that i still need to read that maria gifted me yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. maria gave me that for my birthday and i still haven't read it so that one's on the to read list uh children of the land uh the undocumented americas Uh, um I, like, I have others but nothing but oh, great that, books
0: on your yes, list those, <laughs> ones are those ones are on my shelf too um, <laughs> yeah um, yeah that was my plan to start reading after I graduated but mm-hmm. Children yeah. of the
1: Land I could one I couldn't I couldn't finish
0: my first
1: pages first two three pages I was already in tears and I was like I need to take a break from this book so I will get back to it I mean uh-huh. I um I've read part of it or uh-huh. parts of it but I yeah
0: it's too heavy for me I cry I think <laughs> I need to heal that <laughs> yeah, I, I think knowing that it's gonna be starting strong um mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good advice just just knowing, you know, getting that heads up. Yeah. Um, I think it's good, like, oh, okay. I knew I knew what I was expecting, and yeah. I'm okay with it, and you're able to continue on. Yeah. Um, but if you know absolutely nothing about it, and yeah. you just start reading, and maybe you're in a delicate part of your life, that's when you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I need to get yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a little too much. No, yeah. honestly, um, it's so funny, because my friend and I, we talk about books, and um, because we have a similar author that we like, she just writes really good. Um, I'm I've gotten so used to uh, reading non happy endings. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just I prefer it, and I know that sounds really weird for some folk, um, but it's just uh, again, I think it's it it hints towards my. Uh, my field that you don't always get a happy ending, right. and it's, sometimes it's very solemn. So um, I'm very used to that now. <laughs> um, that she's like, what's wrong with you? I know, like, honestly. It's- <laughs> She's like, I had to stop reading because it's, I don't think it's heading, it's heading a good way. And I'm like, oh, I actually enjoyed it. I was very happy with the ending.
0: (laughs) So, It's realistic. And that's that's something that you like about it, that it's real.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You mentioned your field, Janice. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about what forensic psychology is and Mm. maybe like why you chose that route? Like what interests? Like, what was your interest in um, following that pathway?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I love talking about it. Um, So forensic psychology is pretty much a combination of law and psychology. Um, They're both utilized at the same time. Uh, There are many career pathways one can take with a forensic psychology degree. The most famous one is, of course, criminal profiling. Um, And... (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm making a face because I'm like, oh, read. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's the the most famous one, um, and but you you can do loads with it. You can uh, work with law enforcement. You can work in juvenile detention centers. Um, you can work in uh mental health facilities, uh, treating uh different disorders, um. I have one of my favorite professors. She specifically works with um, uh, individuals who have committed sexual crimes. And she works with individuals who have been diagnosed with psychopathy. So hearing her stories are so fascinating. But the, the thing that led me to forensic psychology will have to be what? might I was touching on which is criminal minds (laughs) you know criminal profiling and um I initially wanted to get into clinical psychology um because I said well well, I want to help people and I I would like to counsel them and I think I'm pretty good at it or so some of my friends say but um then I heard of then I saw Criminal Minds, and I was like, "Ooh, I want to do I want to do this. I wanna I wanna work with these individuals." And um, <clears throat> I didn't know what it was called. Uh, I thought it was called criminal psychology or behavioral psychology. And after some research, I found out that its official name is forensic psychology. And I wasn't too happy about that because in forensic psychology depending on the path you take, you do work a lot with the courts. And I was just like, I don't want to be called to testify. I'm not about that life. (laughs) Like getting up there on the stand, giving your expert opinion. um, And it hasn't helped that some of my professors have said, you know, once you're up there on the stand, the prosecution or the defense is going to tear you apart. They're going to tear down your credibility. And I'm like, listen, I, I just, I can't do that. I can't do that. So I am trying to avoid the courts as much as possible. <laughs> and um,
0: as far I as... Remember, sorry to interrupt, but um, like I have heard that those that um, choose to do that, hmm. you know, their rate to go to court and <laughs> provide their expert opinion is, is so high. Oh really? It's like you know what you can go to court one day and you can loop up for the, for six months with that with that
2: money. <laughs> like so, I don't know, It might be worth it. Um, yeah, I I suppose it's just not for me given my uh, my personality. Uh, I'm not that, I'm not there yet. I'm still working on it. Um, but as far as criminal profiling goes, in order to be a criminal profiler. You have to do training at the FBI, and that's in Quantico, Virginia, and I am also not about that life. California is my home, so I can't, I'm like, I don't know anybody over there. It's, um, and if anything, this field has made me a lot more paranoid, <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm like, I don't know anybody there, and what if I meet some strange individual, and who's going to know I'm over there? Like, was gonna get to me, right? So, no, um, yeah, no, I can't do that. And I'm like, and then you have to do FBI training, you have to complete that. And yeah, that's another thing. So, I was like, no, I have to find a different route that can still be effective. Um, and what I want to do, so I shifted towards victim advocacy,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and that is supporting. Uh, victims and providing uh, resources for them. Uh, But I specifically want to um, support victims who have been victimized and survived uh, sexual crimes. Um, I don't know what it is about the sexual crimes, but (laughs) I know I can say this to those in my field and they won't think I'm totally weird. (laughs) Um, Sexual crimes are just fascinating in nature and at least to me. Um, so that's why I just want to shift towards that. So apologies, that was a long answer.
0: Honestly, that's that <laughs> <is> awesome. <laughs> but yeah. No, I don't, I, don't, I mean, um, it doesn't matter what you do, people are going to judge. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's okay for us to kind of like not focus mm-hmm. too much on what people think um the the work that you are doing and the work that you want to continue doing is awesome and i can see how much um people those survivors or those mm-hmm. that have been victimized are are gonna be so glad that you're there for them um mm-hmm. we we need more of that so yeah. i'm glad that you are a part of that now mm-hmm. um i know we kind of skipped one question um, and I think um, it's important for our listeners to know and that is um, do you have an undocumented status?
2: Yes (laughs) and the reason why I answer that way is because um, I know with the different labels uh, for some individuals who might be listening might be get a bit confusing so I am undocumented, but I have DACA. So I don't know if that makes me in a way documented or,
0: yeah. (laughs) I have DACA. There could be a whole conversation about DACA and undocumented. Okay. Um, Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, DACA does give folks uh, (laughs) some opportunities, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still fucking DACA. That you know, those with DACA are able to just uh, leave and come back, or get the benefits as someone who is not undocumented. Yeah, but yeah. So what the, what we wanted to ask is: Does being undocumented or having an undocumented status does that play a role in your decision making? Whether it's with going to school or any of the things that you're mentioning?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um... I um remember that before DACA i I know I had to get a job. I wanted to start working, but I couldn't work because I didn't have the proper, you know legal documentation. And I know that for my family um, and myself, uh, once DACA came into effect, and I was provided that social security number, I was happy to get a job. <laughs> um, I was happy to finally have some income of my own. Um, but I will I will tell you, um, I didn't have much of a grasp of what it meant to be undocumented growing up. And I think that's only because I didn't know that I was undocumented. Um, I just went into school. I... I grasped the English language fairly quickly. And um, so I didn't, I didn't think about it because I had no idea. (laughs) Um, and I just wasn't aware. Um, I became aware of my status in high school, no, in middle school. Um, I was taking a foreign language. I was taking German and my teacher at the time had planned a trip to Germany Mm -hmm. and they were like oh we have the you know the flight and the hotel and we're going to do all this good stuff that's when it became fairly known to me that sorry you can't leave Mm -hmm. Uh, if you leave can you come back Um, and I remember talking to my dad about it and he's like well ask your teacher, you have this paper. And does that work? Does it not work? And that's probably the first time I became aware of it. Did I have a full grasp on it? No. Um, That didn't become clear until high school, when I started applying to colleges. And they were asking for social security number. And I'm like, well, I don't have one. So what do I do here? And I just remember asking my professor or my teacher at the time and luckily he was he was very helpful um, but mm, it, it was a it was definitely a different experience. Um, I remember a high school friend of mine I don't know what the conversation was, but um I just remember telling her oh, I'm not." I'm not born here. And they said to me, wow, really? I thought you were like you, they kind of made it seem like you don't look like if you're from (laughs) a different country. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. And yeah. And I was, um, over the years, I've learned a lot about my cultural identity. Um, and luckily that's thanks to the work I did with Maria um I was very (laughs) I'm gonna be honest and I was quite ashamed um I remember I used to say wow I'm so happy I'm light-skinned because then somebody won't think that I'm not from here um and I would conform to speaking in English in public instead of Spanish and now that I think back to that Thought process. Of course, I'm, I'm embarrassed and ashamed that um, at some point in my life I did think that way. And after I just got older, hopefully more wiser, um, and I learned a lot. Again, I still have a lot to learn with working with Maria that I'm just like, you know what? It is time to embrace that part of my cultural identity. And I think I have um, now if I'm out in public and if I'm speaking in Spanish, I don't switch the language. I keep it in Spanish. Um, I'm more concerned with my dad because he's more he's a bit more dark skinned than I am. So I'm ready to verbally fight somebody if they want to come at my dad.
1: Like, no, I am ready um she is no longer ready to be like dad switch to english yeah, like, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's so like i'm, I'm
0: yeah. ready
1: to throw down oh, my yeah. earrings from yeah. you know this local store yeah <laughs> I know you shop a la, um what is that shop uh la vida no la vida pom-poms yeah la vida oh, pom-poms oh my la vida <laughs> pom-poms earrings yeah and i'm about to fight this carrot <laughs> yeah um so uh, I'm that's, just like... that's amazing and I don't mean to interrupt you but uh you do mention you know like I worked for Maria mm-hmm. um just so people know like the listeners know uh, we did work together um you know I was your I was your supervisor <laughs> I hope I was a good one I'm kidding no but um I was your supervisor um and you mentioned you know that growth um mm-hmm. and I have seen it like throughout you know Um, different positions that you've taken or different internships, different opportunities that you've Mm -hmm. taken on, um, little by little, you've shared more parts of your identity, right? Um, Which I'm really proud of um, to see that process of you, um, you know, little by little sharing, like I said, little bits and pieces of of who you are, right? Um, What has that process been like for you? Like, Of people like coming up because I know that it takes time for like people to feel comfortable, right? Saying I'm undocumented. Mm -hmm. Like now you're undocumented, but what has made you feel comfortable to share other pieces of yourself, not just your immigration status?
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I I don't have a solid answer at the moment. Um, only because I just think it happened. Naturally, I could change my answer answer potentially in the future, <laughs> but this is what comes to mind at the moment. Um, because I just I just remember when I was doing the transferring process from community college to a four year. Um, I remember the first day I met you. I was I was walking around because it was the what was it called uh, the orientation. <laughs> And I was walking around the booth, and I just remember standing near one of the pillars. And I looked around, and I saw a documented Student Success Center. I was like, oh, my gosh, they have a center? That's amazing. And I, like, I just prepared myself, and I went up to you. And um, I forgot who else was there. But um, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was I was excited because I was like, wow, they have one here for me and for others so it was just so great to see that um and and when you pointed to the center where it was located I was like okay I know where I'm I'm coming next like once the school year starts this this is going to be the place I I come to and it's just it was so nice to see because again I'm I'm the oldest child and I pretty much had to navigate my college career pathway on my own. Um, so, but I will say, I do give recognition to my cousin, Cynthia. Cynthia, have you ever heard this? This is for you. <laughs> Shout out to you, because, <laughs> because- We will
1: send it to Cynthia. <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> because um, I'm, I'm very grateful um, to her because she in a way helped me navigate Uh, community college. She taught me how to read the schedules and the times. And um, her pathway was similar to mine. Um, Of course, I have a bit more of privilege now because we have maybe a resource or two that wasn't available um, back then. So it it was, yeah, I I think her uh, for that. And now it's great that I know this information, so I can pass it down to, to other folk who might need it. But, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I want to thank you for being so open and honest about, you know, certain parts of your certain things that you used to do that we're used to believe in that were that mm-hmm. are problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do recognize that a lot of these things, um, we just grew up, hearing those things. Grew mm-hmm. up hearing, you know, like they're dark skin, they're, you know, people with lighter skin are better than, or you know, that's that's a flaw. Having dark skin is a flaw. Um being um being skinny is better than being fat, being um having European features is better mm-hmm. than having indigenous features and so on. So that's something that we've been hearing and I just want to recognize that that that's something that a lot of us mm-hmm. used to engage in. Um, I'm glad that we are growing as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've said uh, this uh, out in the open, but since you're mentioning it, uh something that when our siblings and I used to fight. Uh, I also have one sibling that is. Uh, very, very uh, dark-skinned, as my grandma used to be um, an Afro-Latina. Um, as those, uh, those of you listening, if you've seen me, I'm very light-skinned. If, if I don't speak, I look like a white girl. I look like a Karen, and <laughs> it is what it is.
1: Um,
0: but it, when we used to, when we were little and we used to fight, It was it was a, he used to tell me, oh, you have a big nose. You have skinny legs. You have, like, you you could tell me Mm -hmm. many different flaws um, that I had. But typically, my comeback was like, so what? You're Black. And I mean, looking back at that, what a little bitch I was. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, And that's the thing. That's the thing. We grew up. Um, hearing that and seeing that that we kind of like internalized all those messages and we repeat those things mm-hmm. um yeah that's something that I I think and now that you're mentioning it and it's coming back I think I, I have to actually sit down with my brother and openly apologize I mean that's something that I we have never done since we were little like I haven't brought up that since we were little but yeah, I think it's time to bring it up. And that comes up to the next question, which is, can you tell us something that not a lot of people know about you?. Um, um <laughs> I don't I don't know um,
2: I, I I really don't know lately i've become very uh extroverted and not that that's a bad thing but it's just quite foreign to me Mm -hmm. because i'm a very introverted individual or so i thought so once a conversation starts going i just i just i just can't shut up So, (laughs) so um yeah i don't know i i suppose something that did come to mind uh, was my disability. Um, I don't think many people know that I have a disability until they physically see me because it is a physical disability. Um, for the audience, curious to know, um, it, uh, I have cerebral palsy and it's a specific type of cerebral palsy to top it off. It's, um, it's called, right, hemiplegia. So pretty much what that means is that it affects my right side specifically. Um again to put a cherry on top, it's one of the rare forms of cerebral palsy. So I'm like, why not? Right? Why not give me the rarest one? <laughs> vida, vida, <échale> yeah. qué like. <laughs> so um mm-hmm. that that could, that can be a whole nother conversation. Um I am thoroughly working on accepting that part of my identity. Um, It's been a work in progress since I was a young child. Uh, Hopefully, maybe when I'm in like my mid thirties, si Dios quiere, I'll be like, I can't believe I thought like this. I am so glad I'm at the point where I finally accepted that part um, because it's still an internal struggle, Uh, but I'm working on it. (laughs) So I suppose that's something that potentially some individuals of this lovely audience might not know about me. Um, Well, the other thing is, is that I have chickens. I have a pet chicken. Um, You
0: were able to hear that in the background. And uh I find that so fascinating.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. um, uh, Story with the chickens is a whole nother thing. (laughs) But yeah, I have a pet chicken. Her name is Chuntaro and she's quite a a character. Um, I pretty much raised her, so... (laughs)
0: Nice. sorry. <laughs> you did. I
2: remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Right now she is molting and pretty much what that means is like she's shedding her feathers. So she has bald spots. And it's
0: hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> My goodness. But. For yeah, now- members, <laughs> um, When Janet talks about a pet chicken, tell us about that pet chicken. Because maybe... People are thinking, oh, you know, the pet chicken has um, a little house, chicken chicken house outside. Oh, I don't know, yeah. what it's called. and yeah. you know, maybe has a big patio with the, <laughs> you know, with the food out there, and generally yeah. in the morning and goes here, chicken, chicken. And no, like tell us a little bit about that relationship. Yeah, you.
2: no, of course. So my relationship with Chundaro is interesting. Um, so pretty much. I'll try to summarize as best as I can. When we, we moved here, um, we saw a bunch of chickens in the front yard and we didn't think anything of it. I mean, they weren't bothering us. And throughout a certain time of the day, I would say like at five or six o'clock when the sun was starting to set down, they would go back to their home. So we were like, Oh, cool. You know, they're just, they just come during the day, peck around. And then, Ultimately, we found out that the, the owners took out their um their shed. So now that they didn't have a place to pretty much rest in, we had two big trees. So they started living in the trees. <laughs> and my mom didn't help because she would feed them. So they were like, Why go anywhere else when we can get food here? Food and water. So se quedaron aquí. And we were like, all right. And We had a couple of hens and they would have uh, babies, but unfortunately there are possums around the area, so she would get attacked and she would lose some of the babies. But Chuntaro wasn't the the first chicken I had. Um, It was actually her brother. Uh, We named him Danny after the amazing Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, for all those who might read that awesome series. so we uh, we found out that the mom rejected the brother. So we were like, well, we can't leave it out here; it's gonna die. So we took it in. Uh, we put it in a box, and I was raising it. And then one night, my dad came into my room, and he's like, "Mika, I hear the 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 gallina, she's crying out." And I'm like, "Okay." I was I was like knocked out. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do here, bro. I'm just. And like, I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> My dad comes back and he brings a little, a little chicken. And he's like, pues, ponlo ahí con, con el otro. And I'm like, okay. Um, the poor thing was, it couldn't even move. It was so shocked and traumatized. And there was a point where I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think this poor baby's going to make it. Um, but luckily it did. And it would follow Danny's role and unfortunately the day of my dad's birthday he passed away i was devastated i was like oh my god we pretty much concluded that he passed away in his sleep and then we had chuntaro and we were like oh snap what are we gonna do like she would follow him so we were then preoccupied like is, is she gonna be okay mm. and it was sad because she wasn't making a noise she didn't make a noise for a whole day and then after a while i guess she just adjusted again i would like to reiterate to the audience here <laughs> I had them in a box with blankets and a heating lamp and then once she got older she started sleeping on my bed. Yes, I wanted <laughs> you to get there. <laughs> like, uh, I know. I know for those who might be listening, that is not sanitary. I know. I understand. And I understand if y'all are grossed out. Oh, the, I love that. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the audience are I'm like, that's, Imagine <laughs> sleeping with the chicken. You <laughs> so know, like... Um,
1: Hey, we people leave- sleep with their pets, with their cats. Mm-hmm. We can say the same thing, right? Yeah. Um,
2: uh, the thing is, is, with Chuntaro, we couldn't leave her outside because at the time there were other hens and the roosters, so they would attack her. Um, and we didn't have a coop for her. Mm-hmm. So because, the, the again, the chickens, in a way, they weren't ours, so they were pretty much free to move on their own. And we took Chuntaro because her mother had been attacked, and she was like one of the one of the few that survived. So she is a home chicken, at home chicken. And um, I would put her back in her box, um, and the next morning I'd wake up with her next to me. So, <laughs> so I don't know what to say. Um, it's and- love.
1: Yeah. That's what that's what we call it. It's pet love because yeah. I I also you know people will judge me, but I also sleep with my dog.
0: Yeah. So no judgment.
1: Um, yeah. if I don't have her in the bed, I feel weird now. Like I've yeah. gotten to the point where sometimes she gets down, and I'm like, where is she? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
1: There you go. You hear Chintan in the back. So Janet, <laughs> as as we're getting um close to an end here, I do want to ask um if you can share with us what is um some challenges that you've had to face and how you've coped with them or maybe how um like the advice that you would give someone uh probably going through that same situation okay well as uh many of you heard
2: i do have some challenges with my identity um or well, at least parts of my identity <laughs> let me clear that up parts of my identity and I just, as I get older, um, I'm learning how to be more uh, accepting of those parts of my identity. Um, I'm very proud of the individual I've grown to be. Uh, again, I have much to learn. Um, I I don't know if I'm the best individual to um, to give advice to, um, because I know everyone goes through something different. Uh, but I suppose for my docu folk out there, my docu community, you know, if, if you're not comfortable sharing that portion of your life to whomever, that is okay. That is okay. It's a process. Trust me. I've been there. Will you get to um, accept it? I don't know. Maybe. It depends on who you are. But if, if you don't ever get to it, that's okay. Just be nice to others. I, I do attend a private school, and that comes with the, its own challenges, especially financially. <laughs> so, uh, and I have been very lucky to find a way to pay for my school. I know that many do not have that privilege or opportunity, luck, whatever you want to call it. So there are, are many challenges. And again, I'm not potentially the person to set the, the um, what's the word? The example per se, but maybe I can resonate with some individuals out there in, in one way or another. Um, you'll get through it. It might take longer for some folk than others. That's okay. I, I would definitely say reach out to resources if you have them. Uh, they have been definitely helpful. Uh, oh, and most importantly, please take care of your mental health.
0: Um, yes. All <laughs> of that. All of that, <laughs> all of that actually. Not to your health, but like, all of that, yes. yes. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, please take care of your mental health. is very important. It's so funny because me as somewhat of a professional, I always say that to people. And I'll be honest, do I always right. follow that? No. <laughs> yes. But I think it's just a thing that happens with psychologists and psychiatrists, that we always say that to others. And thus, we expect you to follow it. But we're not so avid working on that part when it comes to ourselves. I don't know if Maida can. can do you
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> you know do what you can um, but actually as you were talking about um you know all these stories and not the beginning you mentioned that you're the oldest uh, yeah. child and you also mentioned that you know uh when there was the the chicken situation that your dad went to you like you know out of all the children your dad went to say like hey can yeah. it help me mm-hmm. so i you know i know that we're wrapping up but i want to ask about, do you ever watch or have you watched Encanto or some pieces of the movie Encanto?
2: No, it's on my to watch. I hear it
0: so good. Okay, I, I okay. have to watch it. I know. So <laughs> I think we're going to have to follow up with you. Uh, there's a <laughs> okay. character named Luisa. Okay. Um, the name of, you know, the Lisa song, uh, you know, it's usually appearing and everywhere. Uh, it's, it's trending and everybody's yeah. talking about it. And so Lucia is the, the oldest child. So one I of the oldest pressure. child. Sorry. Yeah. But and she right. And she's feeling pressured uh, for being the, the oldest one, for setting an example for the rest, for being the strong one. Um I don't know if you're able to, to if you relate to that, if you feel any of that, you know, about setting an example, about being strong for the rest, about helping your parents um and how's that for you
2: well without having the pull the full picture of watching the film I can say yes um but I will be honest I do think that sometimes my sisters seem older than me but I feel that in a way it's because they take care of me or I feel that they feel they have to take care of me because of my disability
0: mm.
2: again that's another discussion <laughs> But most of the time, it's it's me taking the lead. Even before I joined this, I was making calls because I had to schedule appointments for myself, for my dad. So it, it's just, I'm my dad's secretary. I'm the one that's always, yeah. Um, and my mommy, she's not here. She's in Mexico. <laughs> but. When she was, I would always be like, okay, mom, I have to schedule your appointment. ¿Quién este día? Um, necesitamos ordenar sus pastillas. Like, it's been me, and sometimes it's very frustrating because my sisters can do it, but because I'm the oldest, it's like, no, you have to take the lead. Right. And Those it's frustrating. Like <laughs> yeah, no, it's frustrating. Sometimes I i tell my dad i'm like why can't you tell them to do it and, and my dad's like because because you know they're not going to do it right and i'm like whoa <laughs> it takes practice so yes but i i um i will make sure to watch that film i hear that it's really really good uh you'll yeah. enjoy it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: the first time you'll cry the second you'll sing along I'm kidding. okay
0: <laughs> no but
1: um thank you so much um for sharing that Janice mm-hmm. um add that to your resume <laughs> please <Okay. laughs> family secretary <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like um all those skills you know uh-huh. make sure that that you add them interpreter and right. you have experience since yeah. you know <laughs> you learned English, so yeah. <laughs> although um,
2: sometimes it gets hard because it's like you lose the word and you're like, ah, what's that word again? <laughs> uh, you have it in one language but can't get it to the other language, so it's like, ah, no me acuerdo, <laughs>
0: but you're still interpreting. I'm a chicken so, <laughs> house. I'm a chicken house, no, no. <laughs> no, but
1: um, thank you so much for sharing uh different parts of your. Of your story with us um i do want to ask some um closing questions fun questions yeah. um i don't know if myra has any other questions though before we we go here Actually, i know you have, i have
0: a quick one i know that we have a little bit of time but my la- i have a question for you yeah. that is if you were given a chance to make one wish come true what would that be be able to make yeah, that that's a hard one, one but like to be be able to make make more wishes you you have one wish yeah that's going to be granted to you what would that be oh um
2: (laughs) well i i can't narrow it down to one but (laughs) because i can't narrow it down to one i would probably say the the ability to make more wishes you know, okay. standby. On... You... <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah.
0: always finding those loopholes. I like yes.
2: thinking. Yeah, yeah, just have them on standby in case something doesn't go right. So yes, the ability to make more wishes. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Look at us learning to navigate the systems. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm brought to you by Jenny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's it's the work of a uh, you know once uh, psychologists are very good at that so <laughs> shout out to my fellow psychologists
1: immigrants good. too girl
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you gotta learn how to navigate the systems yeah okay I'm gonna ask you a few questions and without thinking about them you have to pick one okay Ooh. with like think fast <laughs> and like we don't need um, surely is- for that Maria <laughs> <laughs> we don't um. We don't ask for an explanation. Whatever okay. comes to mind, okay? Run with okay. it. Okay. okay. Do you believe in love at first sight? Depends. Okay. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Okay. Pineapple goes on pizza? For me, no. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's better to prioritize relationships over career.
2: Depends on relationships.
1: Okay. <laughs> White concha is better than um brown concha.
2: Oh, for me, <laughs> I prefer the brown conchas. Okay. Sorry, some
1: Novelas or chisme shows? Oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> the beach or the mountains? The beach. Okay. Rose or sunflower?
2: Well, neither for me because I can't take care of them. <laughs> Well, why does um,
0: somebody gives them to you? But uh, keep
1: going. <laughs> Would you rather visit your ancestors in the past or meet your descendants in the future?
2: Oh, if I could, both.
1: <laughs> Look at her navigating this system.
0: I, I swear. I really
1: Sci-fi or romance? Ooh.
2: Why? Why not a combination of both? <laughs>
1: Goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Flirting is cheating. Flirting is cheating. Uh, depends how far you take it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: E- eating out or I frijoles in la casa?
2: Depends on how I'm feeling.
0: Thanks for Thank you. Oh my goodness, Jenna, you're a quick thinker. You're our, uh, <laughs> you are a look at skills. <laughs> because honestly, I was not expecting people to say it depends or both. I was like, we were probably gonna choose one or the other because people yeah. typically do that, so. Yeah. You know, know,
2: sometimes you just gotta learn the context of certain <laughs> stuff in order to make a decision. So that's how I was thinking some of these answers. Like, what is the context here? Especially of the flirting is cheating. I'm like, wait a minute, how, how far are we taking this? Why not? Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, anchor yeah. over here. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, but thank you, <laughs> Janet, so much for your time. We really enjoyed uh, having some chisme with you. Yay. Um, we hope that we can bring part two. As you know, um, you shared some some parts that we didn't like go deep into. Um, mm-hmm. but we're hoping we can um in the future bring a you know see when we have a season two we can bring a part two with Janet and um be able to dig in deeper into some of the things that you shared. But yeah. we truly appreciate your time and everything that you shared. Um, I know that sometimes it's not easy to open up yourself. Um, but we thank you, you know, for allowing giving us that space, but also um, allowing us to, you know, give this to our listeners. I hope that they take something from it. And I don't know, Mayer, if you have some. If,
0: of- if anybody has any questions for Yannick, uh so that we can get them ready for the follow-up in season two. Uh, please send them over and we're happy to continue with these conversations. Um, any, any words, uh, any last words that you want to share with our listeners, Janet? Um, well,
2: first of all, again, thanks so much for having me. I, having me. <laughs> um, uh, I'm ready for season two already. I'm, I'm ready for part, part two. Um, we can talk about anything. Again, I talk so much sometimes. But yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh I really love being a part of this. I do hope whoever listens can take even the smallest thing out of this. If it if it's you owning a chicken, I'm happy for you. <laughs> if that's what you can take out of this, awesome. Let me know what the chicken's called, okay? <laughs> um but no, in all seriousness, I I hope somebody can take something out of this. Again, it's, it's a process maneuvering some parts of your life, um, accepting parts of your life, admitting some parts of your life were in fact not appropriate. Um, and that's okay. I hope y'all take care. Please be nice to each other and take care of your mental health. The most importantly. So yeah, thanks so
1: much. Thank you. Thank you you so much for tuning in. Um, Please don't forget to follow us, um, like, put a comment on either uh, on Apple podcast. If you listen on Apple podcast, again, you can find this episodes on Spotify, Apple podcast and RSS. If there is a platform that we are missing, please uh, reach out to us and let us know so that we can put it there. As we've shared many times. Uh, we don't have funding for it for this podcast but we uh, i guess the only funding that we have is that um I guess, registration fee, I don't know what to call it, for us to be able to bring you these episodes without any ads. Um, but if we do bring any ads in the future, I hope that it's nothing but um, undocumented businesses as we are you know, trying to archive um, the stories of undocumented people. Um, and just a little reminder, if you go to Los del Pan Dulce um, dot com. You can use code undocumented for fifteen percent off um, to order your
0: bond. And Maida, so just wanted to close off with the quote of the day, and I think this is a great quote that goes with uh, this beautiful person that we just interviewed. And the quote is the following: The most beautiful people have known. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat non-suffering, non-trouble, non-struggle, non-loss, and have found their way out of their death. These persons have a great appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep love and concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. This quote is by Elizabeth Obler-Ross. Thank you so much for listening in and we hope to see you next time. And this is Dr. Chisma.